Really? Okay. So we need to keep them in our prayers. So I got a few announcements before we get going. So we'll keep Doug in our prayer. Announcements: Lord's Supper on May the thirtieth. Of course, that will be a combined service, so no ABF hour. We won't be meeting in here. We'll be meeting in the main service at nine o'clock. Graduation service is next Sunday, and uh, we need to continue to pray, like I mentioned, for Gwen and Betty uh, and Gail Newland. You know, I think I know who Gail Newland is, kind of a silver-haired man, uh, and his wife has leukemia. She's been fighting breast cancer and different cancers, and now it's gone to leukemia. Okay, so she's been in the hospital for a couple months from what I understand, so we need to pray for both of them. Um, and like I said, we've already prayed for the people on the board. But uh, Church in the Park on June the 6th. And we need to pray for people to come to that and people to, to, that need to hear the gospel. People that will come to that that uh, won't come to church. Uh, I believe that's the date I have. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Mark Lockwood is teaching on Wednesday night. So uh, I have yet to hear him teach. So I, I, I don't want to come to him. And uh, he's a good teacher. So <laughs> Okay. You've got some good teachers here. So I kind of wonder why I'm up here. But oh well. Like, what's that? He'll do in a pinch. Yeah. Okay. I'll use that myself. I'll do, I'll do in a pinch. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, the book of Ruth, chapter 1, part 1, we talked about last week, was in the land of Moab. Okay? So, in the book of Ruth, a Gentile woman gets in on the blessings of God. She is an example of the church who gets God's blessing in the church age. Because all through the Old Testament, God is dealing with the Jews. But yet the Jews reject the Messiah and God grafts in the Gentiles for a short time and puts his focus on the Gentiles, the church, that's us, for a certain aspect of time. And then when that rapture happens, God's focus is going to be all back on Israel again. Okay? So in the book of Ruth, a Gentile woman gets in the blessings of God and she's an example of the church. In the book of Esther, which is the second book in the Bible named after a woman, a Gentile woman, a Gentile goes in your blank, a Gentile woman is taken off the throne, which is again a picture of the church being raptured, and a Jewish woman, which is a picture of Israel, is put back in God's spotlight. So we are reading prophecy. So prophecy goes in that blank. We are reading prophecy that is directed to us right now in 2021. We will soon see this prophecy fulfilled. And every time it's getting closer because right now, when our last president was in office... Everything was for Israel. Right now we have a new president and everything is starting to go against Israel in this country. And it will get worse. 
because my Bible says so. Okay? On our next line, it says, In the book of Ruth, we find a love story. So love goes in there. Ruth puts her faith in God and finds the love, goes in the second blank also, of her life in the process. Okay? You know, Ruth is a perfect example of how a Christian should find a husband. They serve God first and let God bring them the husband. Doug Pearson's a perfect example of that. He was not married till he was how old? Doug Pearson. Oh yeah. He married Bethany when he's what, in his thirties, late thirties? And he waited and he met Bethany. He met Bethany on the field. And God just orchestrated it, and, and they, they got married. So both of them were waiting on God and serving God, and God brought a spouse into their life. Same thing in the book of Ruth. And that's what our teenagers, if they could ever get this. If you've got teenage kids, if you've got young kids at home, if they look for a Christian spouse... That's what they need to look for, and yet they have a better chance of finding a Christian spouse if they're in church, a good church, both of them. So, anyway. Uh, Ruth, like Genesis, starts out well, but it ends in disaster, as we saw last week. So, I want you to turn over in your Bible to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, how many of you believe that? Right? You cannot... You cannot do anything and be honest and, and, and say that there's not a God. Because when you look at heavens, when you look at earth, when you look at everything that's created, there has to be a God because it just didn't happen. Okay? So in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Now I want you to go to the last chapter in the last verse of Genesis. Genesis chapter, and I believe that's 50. And verse 26. So we started off so good. God created. And you know the story. God creates Adam. And he created the animals. And he created all that. But then at the end of Genesis, it says, verse 26, So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Now I have in my Bible here a note that says Genesis starts with in the beginning God and it ends with a coffin in Egypt. What went wrong? Sin. Is that what you said? Yeah. Man sinned. Okay. He went away from God and it ended up in a coffin in Egypt. And Egypt, again, is a picture of the world in the Bible, if you see that. So turn back over to Ruth. Ruth starts off, verse 1, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. A certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech. And we saw last week that the name Elimelech means... Does anybody remember? His name means, My God is King. 
Okay. And the name of his wife, Naomi. Naomi, her name meant pleasant. Okay. So here we have a man and his wife and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and they continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab and the name of the one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. It started out really good. Just like the book of Genesis. Here's a lady. She's she's married. She has two sons. And yet, at the end of verse 5, her, her, her husband is dead and her two sons are dead. That's a pretty rough story. Kind of matches Genesis. Started out good, but it ends in a coffin. Okay? What's Elimelech mean? Elimelech means, my God is king. Are you doing your homework for last week? Okay. Okay. I, I caught that. That's okay. I don't care what we do. I want you guys... In this, in this room... Now, I don't care if I'm the worst teacher in the class, in, in the whole church. But I want you guys to see the Bible and just, just learn from it. Okay? You can learn from anybody if, if he has the Bible. Okay? Even the foolish things of the world. And I just kind of consider me myself a little foolish. So God is using me to show you some Bible. I So that's what I want. If you walk out of here and you go, you know that Bob Hall, he, he, he gets up there and he spouts his mouth out, but I don't understand anything he says. I don't get anything from it. If that's you, and I hope that's not you, then find a different Sunday school class to go to because if you're not learning from the Bible, if I'm not learning from the Bible, we're, we're not... We're not doing what I'm not doing what's right, okay? So, uh, and it's amazing that God will use me to get things out. So it's not me, it's what this book says. So what went wrong, it says. In both instances, wrong decisions goes in your blank. Wrong decisions were made. It started with Adam and it continued down to Elimelech and his two sons. They all went away from God. And as we saw, Elimelech and his two sons end up in a coffin. Okay, so I've already recapped last week. So this week we're going to talk about the road home to God. In Ruth chapter 1, verses 6 through 25. Okay, And so there's quite a bit this week that I want to get through, but it's basically on the road back home to God. Okay, Ruth chapter 1, and let me just read through this, 6 through 25, and then we'll back up and try to break it down. It says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard that the country of Moab, how that the Lord had visited his people and giving them bread. That's the first smart move I've seen in the book so far. Okay. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to return into the land of Judah. Verse 8. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. And then she kissed them. 
And they lifted up their voice and wept. Okay? And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee and to thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight, and should you also, and also should, and also, and should also bear sons, I'm sorry, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me that for your sakes the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. Okay, just just like a bunch of women. Okay, it's just, you know, talk a little bit, cry a little bit. Talk a little bit, cry a little bit. Well, this is a sad, sad part in the story, so let's keep going. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and to her gods. Return after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried." The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death, part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Verse 19. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem, Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Okay, so again, here at least, finally, you know, last week I was talking about, and I'm trying to think through this story of of what and who's calling the shots here. Remember, I said it could have, it could have been any of the th- any of the four. It could have been Elimelech. It could have been the two sons. It could have been Naomi. Which one was calling the shots to go to Moab? And I thought about it this week, and I thought, you know, well, really, it, the, the God's going to put it on Elimelech's account because he's the father. Okay, that's who God is going to hold account for them leaving Israel and going to Moab, which was an enemy. Okay, and but then after he dies, now who's calling the shots? Probably the two boys. Both of them continue and they marry wives, which they were not supposed to do, we talked about last week, of the Moabites. And they end up dying. Okay? Now who is going to call the shots? Naomi. I don't know what part she had in calling any of the decision making before this, but now she's the only one left. So it's going to fall on her. Is she making the right decisions? And the first decision she's decided to make was, I'm going to go back home. 
I'm going to go back to Israel because I've heard that there's bread there. That's the first smart move that's in this book so far. The men all blow it. But the woman decides to do the right thing. She decides to go back. Okay? And so we're going to really look at today is her decision making and what she's telling her uh, uh, daughter-in-law. So Naomi had the first blank there is heard that there was bread in Israel. Okay? Now, I don't know why it took 10 years for this famine to be gone. Somehow I doubt if it took 10 years for the famine to be over with. But Naomi had heard that there was bread in Israel. So Naomi had, your next blank is no rest in Moab. No rest. No rest. Okay? You kind of have to read between the lines here. But we'll see it that she she tells her two daughter-in-laws. One of the things that she tells her two daughter-in-laws, go back to the house of your mother that you can find rest. And why does she say that? Because she has no rest. Here she is in a foreign country, away from her family, away from uh, the nation she grew up in. In fact, she's in a land that's the enemy of Israel. She Her husband is dead. Her two sons are dead. She's having. No, she has. She's probably not sleeping at all at night. She's like, man, I have got to go home. She's a little bit like the prodigal son. She decides to go back home. So, so Naomi arose. That goes in your blank to go back to Israel. Okay, she made the right decision. Do you guys when when. When you're digging yourself in a hole, you know what you need to do? How do you get out of that? How do you get out of that hole? You stop digging. You stop digging and you get out. You climb out. Second page, number two, is Naomi's advice to her daughter-in-laws. Now, I think everybody in here Except us. And I don't know about Nate, you have a daughter-in-law? Yes. Okay, everybody else has daughter-in-laws. So your advice to your daughter-in-laws is, is important. Make sure you give them godly advice. So let's look at it, Naomi's advice to her daughter-in-laws. First of all, she says, return to your mother's house. Then she says, find rest in the house of her husband. So basically what that means is, go home and find a husband. Shopping. <laughs> she says, turn again. I have no more sons for you. Okay. Now when she says that, turn again, I have no more sons for you. Verses 11 through 13, and the next blank on your line is, Naomi knows the law. Naomi knows the Old Testament. Don't miss that. She knows it. I have a feeling that Elimelech, his two sons, and her, Naomi, all knew the law. Okay, and here it shows that. So, uh, turn back in your Bible to Deuteronomy, just a few uh, pages back, not too far. Go through Joshua to Deuteronomy chapter 25. She's referring to a law here of the kinsman redeemer. 
So that Redeemer goes in your blank. But as you turn to Deuteronomy 25, let's read verses 5 and 6. It says, If brethren dwell together and one of them die and have no child, the wife of the dead shall not marry without unto a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go in unto her and take her to him to wife and perform the duty of of an husband's brother unto her. And it shall be that the firstborn which she beareth shall succeed in the name of his brother which is dead, that his name be not put out of Israel. This was a law. God had set rules in place so the land that was given to every family and to every tribe would stay intact. If a married man died before he had children to inherit the land, or his portion in the land, a family member of the deceased man was to marry the widow and raise up a child that would inherit the deceased man's land. When Naomi says that she does not have any more sons or even the prospect of having any more, she is referring to this law. And upon hearing this, Orpah leaves. That's your next blank. She leaves. Orpah was more worried about finding a husband. Okay. Ruth cleaves. She cleaved to her mother-in-law. She is the total opposite of what Orpah did. Orpah leaves, but Ruth cleaves. Okay, And the next, and Naomi, let's keep this rhyming, pleads. She pleads with Ruth to go back. Okay, She pleads with Ruth to be like Orpah and to go back to her people and to go back to her gods. Now that just blows my mind. That just, when I read that I just want to bring Naomi up to the front and smack her. Because she just told her to go back to your people Ruth and go back to their gods. Why in the world would she say that? Okay. The best prospect to find a husband is to go back, she says, and why and again, why would Naomi advise her daughters this way? And I'll tell you why. Number uh, the Moabites worshipped, and your next blank is a false god a false god, and his name was Chemish. C H E. Chemish. Okay? That's the name of the God that they they served. So turn over in your Bible to First Kings chapter eleven and verse seven. First Kings eleven seven. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemish. That's the god of the Moabites. The abomination of Moab in the hill that is before Jerusalem. And for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. Remember Solomon? He, he married all those wives and they kind of got him carried away to, to serve in their gods where he even made uh, uh, a spot for them to serve their gods. Well, this Chemish was the Moabite god. 
And the Bible says that Chemish was the abomination. That goes in your blank. Chemish is the abomination of Moab. And 2 Kings, and it's in your notes, in your handout there, it says 2 Kings 3, 26-27, the king of Moab, he's fighting against the Israelites, he's, and they've got him pinned in, that he cannot escape. He takes 700 of his top soldiers to try to break through the Israeli lines. They can't do it. You know what he does? He sacrifices his own son on the wall. It disgusted the the army of Israel so much that they left. They they wouldn't even fight him. But that's the that was the Moabites that the king would sacrifice his own son. And we're not talking about a baby. He sacrificed a son that was of age that could have reigned. And he did that. Wow. He sacrificed an adult son to this God. Okay? Every God in the Old Testament goes back to either a masculine form in your notes called... Anybody have an idea what goes in the blank here? What's the, what's the God that they fought all through the Old Testament? That false God? Baal. B-A-A-L. Okay. That's the, that's the masculine form. The, the, the male form of the God that they served all through. And then, but there was a feminine form of a false god called Asherah. Okay. Now, the thing is that every nation served false gods outside of Israel, and they basically were some form of Baal or Asherah with just a different name. Same, same gods. Same things they did. Same thing that involved human sacrifice, child sacrifice. I mean, these, the reason that when God came in to the land with, with uh, Joshua, and, and he told Joshua, wipe these people out, because they were nasty, I, I want to say heathens, but I mean, they were child sacrificing, the worst kind of people that you could have, and that was God's judgment on them. He told Joshua, wipe these people out. Because they're really not fit to live because of what they're doing. Okay? So, and it all goes back to some form of Baal or some form of Asherah. And I don't, you can take Asherah and you can call her Samarimus. You can call her uh, Diana that we see in the New Testament. You know, that the, and, well, Paul talks about they worship the great statue of Diana in uh, Ephesus. Same, same deity. And really, in your blank, it says you can just put Satan in the false god's place because that's who they're really worshiping. Every time they were worshiping Chemish, Baal, Astra, Samarimus, Isis, any god that you can think of, there's, there's no false gods. It's just Satan. You either, you're either going to worship God or you're going to worship Satan. It's that way. Okay. So, why? Why again would, would Naomi tell Ruth to go back to worship this God? Okay. So, in verse 16, back in the book of Ruth, 
Ruth cleaves. And let's look at the verse. It says, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or return from following after thee. Okay, so i got to go look up what entreat means. Okay. Entreat means to cleave to or to literally fall upon. So, I mean, she is just, you know, she's just falling upon Naomi, begging her not to make her go. And she says, Where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. Now notice, she does not say, your God will be my God. She says, your God, my God. Ooh, so now the wheels start turning in my head. Is she already following the Lord, the God of Israel? Let's keep going, okay? She says, where you die, I'll die. And then she says, the Lord, the Lord, let's go back and look at this verse. She says, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and where, and there will I be buried. The Lord... You notice she doesn't say your God there. She says the Lord. Again, second second way the wording is is that she already knows or she's already following the God of Israel. Because she says the Lord do so to me and more also if aught but death part thee and me. Okay? So I already believe that that with the wording that we see here in the text, that she already has a relationship with God. Orpha said that she would go with Naomi, but she changed her mind when she saw that there was no prospect of a husband. Ruth said that she would go because of what? Because I believe Naomi's testimony and her relationship with the God of Israel. Ruth knew the Moabites. She grew up a Moabite. She knew their God. She chose Naomi and the God that Naomi served, even if it meant leaving everything she knew behind and going to a foreign land. Okay? There was a big difference between her and Orpah. Wow, I, I didn't know I'd get through all this, and I'm flying. I don't know why it takes me, you know, 40 hours to put this together and 20 minutes I'm done. I'm like, ooh, okay, it's kind of like cooking a meal, I think. You know, you cook this big long meal and you're like, you know, I spent all day on this meal and you guys ate it in 15 minutes. I, I, I heard this story about this preacher once and he had this message and in the middle of the message, God gave him an illustration of a monkey. And so he uses this monkey illustration and then didn't think anything of it. goes on and about two weeks later this lady comes up and she goes, um, she goes, I want to see if I can get a, ca- a tape of that message that you did a couple weeks ago. And he goes, well, which message was it? Was it? And she goes, oh, it was the one with the monkey illustration. He goes, the monkey illustration was great. I, I want to get it because that monkey illustration I'm going to show to my friends because it was just so good. And he goes, 
I'm busting my rear here trying to work through this whole message to get God's word, and the only thing that they're getting is my monkey illustration. <laughs> okay. Do you feel like that sometimes? That's what I'm kind of feeling like right now. But the good news is I'm getting through it. So, okay. The book of Ruth. Next page. Verses 19 through 22. So we've already seen Naomi's attitude. She's going home. Orpah decides, no, no, no. She's going back to her her idol-worshipping family because she's wanting to get a husband. And Ruth says... I'm going with Naomi because she's serving the the real God. This is a cool story. Okay? So I don't care if you're a man or a woman. This is a neat story. So let's keep going. Verses 19 to 22. So the two went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass that when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said, unto them, Call me not Naomi, but call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite is her daughter-in-law. Let me stop there. Okay, so the city welcomes them home. And they go, Is this Naomi? They say, Remember, now think about it. How long has she been gone? Ten years. If you left home and you came back... Now, Bobby, how long were you gone when you went to the East Coast? Four years. Did we? Did you have a lot of people ask you if it's really you when you came back? Well, sometimes, sometimes I've lost 100 pounds. It's like, what? Yeah, that's the big... Yeah. I was like, is that you? I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. 100 pounds shy, but that's me. Okay. So you had lost weight, right? Okay. Okay, and but did they have any prop? Did they go? Was that really you? Yeah, they, or did they? They knew it was you. Okay, so why would these people say that? Maybe anything else? I'm just thinking here. I, I don't know if there's a right answer or not. How about you know? Maybe those ten years hadn't been real good to her. They hadn't been. She had been a long trip. She lost her husband. She lost her two sons. Maybe her appearance is a little worse. You know, maybe she left, you know, looking like a 10 and came back looking like a 5. I don't know. I don't know. But they're like, they're all, but they're all saying to her, you know, are you Naomi? And she says, her response is, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. And what does Mara mean? Bitter. So bitter goes into your blank. She says, call me Mara, which means bitter. Oh, boy, did that just let the cat out of the bag. Because now we know her attitude. Now we understand Naomi's attitude a little better. She's mad at God. Have you ever been mad at God? Have you ever seen people that was really mad at God? I mean, just, I'm, I'm done with God. I, I'm not going to do anything with God anymore. I've not been to that point. I've had questions like, why God? But I haven't been there, so I don't really quite know how, how to react with that. But yeah you know i've I've known people that have lost children and they go i just can't I can't serve a God that would allow you know uh, a baby to die 
well, let's think through this a little bit. But they don't. They're, they're, they're bitter. They get mad about God. And yet, here, here's Ruth. She obviously is an intelligent woman. She obviously knows the Bible that she had. And yet, she's mad at God. And I think the reason... And then she's mad at God. And some of the things she says that come out of her mouth are words that we're kind of wondering about and now we understand why she's saying them. Because she's mad. She's mad at God. It reminds me of another lady in the Bible that was married to a man that lost... He lost his sons, he lost his daughters, he lost his livestock, he lost all of his things in one day. Remember him? Job. And Job's attitude, which... Praise him, because I don't know if I'd have his attitude. But remember what his wife told him? Curse God. Why don't you just curse God and die? And I look at that, and again, I want to bring that lady up to the front and just smack her. (laughs) But you know what? She had just lost her kids. She had lost their substance. They had lost their health. They had lost everything. Her and Job. So she was hurting. And so when people hurt, they lash out. And so Naomi is in that same position. Like I said, she did do one smart thing. She went back home. Okay? She went back home. And she may have not went home for the right reasons. I think she went home, uh, you know, and God used that. You know, sometimes we do things and we don't have the best intentions and God still allows that in our life. Remember the prodigal son? He's out there eating with the pigs and he goes, Man, if I just go back home, even the servants in my father's house have enough food to eat. What did Naomi say why she was going back to Israel? Because there was food back there. Kind of the same thing. Okay, So Naomi comes back and now she's bitter. She is mad at God. And that's why she tells her daughter-in-laws to go home to their people and even to their gods. That's the only thing that makes sense. Because why else would a God-fearing woman tell their daughter-in-laws to go serve a false idol? It's the only thing that works. And I'll show you why I believe that. Naomi states five times... And again, five is not a good number in the Bible. Five times in verses 13. Let's read it. Well, not thir- but in verse 13, 20, and 21. So let's read 13. And see if we can find her, uh, her bitterness. Verse 13 says, Would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the... Who's it say? The Lord has gone out against who? Me. Me. She's blaming God right there. The hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Well, wait a minute. I thought Elimelech and the two boys died. Naomi's still alive. Let's go to verse 20. And she said to them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the... Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. Oh, she's having a pity party. And then verse 21. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. 
Okay, there's one. Why then call me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me? That's two. And the Almighty hath afflicted me. Five times she blamed her condition on God. Okay. All right. You know, you know the, the just of this story we're reading, you can see this story in people's lives around us. You can see this story, maybe even in your life at some point in time. I don't know. But I mean, here we were reading a story that's a thousand years before Christ. And the same things are affecting people. The same, you, could, you could take the names out and put other people's names in the story. A hundred times over. That's what's so neat about our Bible. And they go, oh, that Bible's outdated. It don't affect us. Uh, have you read it? Because when you read it, you see the same things. You see that man does the same stupid mistakes and sins over and over and over. You just It's kind of like, what was that? You know, you watch a, a detective show and they'll say, some of the names have been changed to protect the innocent. You know, No, it's the same thing. Just, it's the same thing. Naomi states five times that she's mad. She's mad about God. So, what did Naomi expect? They went away from God and His blessings. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And verses 19 and 20. Now I'm trying to... Uh, Apply this, what we've learned today in our lives. Because maybe there's a time in your life when you thought, oh, poor me. Because, you know, right now in the 21st century, you know, is it 21st century we're living in? I always get that confusing. 22nd century. 21st? Okay. That was right the first time. That surprises me. So anyway, <laughs> my wife's going, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I even lost my train of thought now. Okay, it's all about... What my point is, we have the attitude like, it's all about me. You know? It's all about me. Everybody has it. It's all about me. And poor me. You know, why did God do this to me? Okay, kind of like Naomi has. Okay? But here's what the Christian needs to realize. It's not about us. It's about Christ. Our life's hid in Him. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20 says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. And what's the price they're talking about there? Christ's blood. Christ shed His blood to pay for our sins. We are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are yourselves. Now, which are whose? God's. Our body. We belong to Jesus Christ. We, we don't have a say in it. Well, we do. He gives us a say in it, but really, we belong to Him. Okay? So, nothing should separate us from God. And we know the Holy Spirit lives in us and we can't nothing can separate that. But nothing should separate us from serving God. Not a famine. 
not the government, not our health. And we focus a lot of time on health. And, and let me just stop for a minute. I, hope, I, mean, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but we, we pray for everybody's health up here all the time, and we need to do that because we are supposed to pray for our brothers and sisters. We're supposed to pray for people. But you know what? I, go through the Bible and, and look at my hero in the Bible, which is the Apostle Paul, and, and see what he asked prayer for. And almost every time he asked for prayer to be able to open his mouth up and, and tell the gospel. That's what he asked for prayer for, even when he's in jail. Now, I don't know about you. I've been in Cass County Jail visiting a lot of times. And that's pretty eerie when they shut that door on you when you're inside. Okay? And I tell the guys when I used to go in there, uh, you know, I get to get out in a few, a few hours. But, you know, you guys are here. But that's, that's pretty scary. You know? And, uh, but... But, uh, you know, our, our, our life is really not ours. It's God's. Okay? Nothing should stop us from serving God. Okay? I think I lost my train of thought, so I'll keep going. Uh, not a war. You know, I hear people say, oh, it's so bad out there right now. Our country and such. Hey, our, our country right now is in a mess. But it can get worse. Everybody goes, well, I hope we have a better year. Last year was bad. Yeah, last year was bad. But can you imagine being in Germany in, in the late, in 1940, in the middle of that war? Can you imagine being in any war at any time? Can you imagine, you know, starving and having no food? Yes, it could get a lot worse. And it will get a lot worse coming up. But no matter what, nothing should separate us from serving God and getting the gospel out. So, yes, we need to pray for people, but we need to pray for their health. But we also pray, number one, if they don't know Christ, they accept Christ as their Savior. And if they know Christ, that God will continue to use them. Has he ever thought about it? If we're not serving God, then why is God leaving us here? He'll just bring us home. And so God is dealing with all of us, okay? Nothing should stop us from obeying God and His Word till we drop. Let's go back up in our handout and get done. I said I'd get done. If your God is king, that's a limelick, and you marry pleasure, which is the world, let me just show you, share with you what this story teaches us. The results will be death and bitterness. Death and bitterness. Okay. Okay. When a saved person, a churchgoer, goes away from God, should he expect God to continue to bless him? Or her? No. And if God doesn't, do they get mad at God? Do they have a good reason to? No. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, and, and, and don't take this, or, and, and, and I don't want to say this is bad, but, you know, Sharon has the prayer line, and she calls me, and I get all the prayers that go through, and if you're not on the prayer line, get on that. That's a good thing. Pray for people. There's a lot of time people that used to go to this church that don't go to church now, or go to a different church that's probably not teaching the Word like we do here, 
and they continue to call here and ask that we would pray for something in their life. Now that's a good thing. There's some that have left and they want to stay on the prayer chain. They want to pray for that's a good thing, but on the same time, why did you go away from where you were getting a blessing from God, and why now are you asking for prayer? Why didn't you just stay where God's blessing was instead of do what you're doing? So we need to constantly stay in God's will. And I believe that, that uh, Elimelech and Naomi and those two boys, they went away from God. And they suffered the consequences. But hey, things are looking up. Like the prodigal son, Naomi has come back home. She brought Ruth with her. They're back to God's place of blessing. And it's barley harvest, it says at the end of uh, Ruth chapter 1, which means it's the first of the year. So it's just amazing. They got back into the land. They got back home. And it's a new year, so it's going to be a new start if they continue to do the right decisions. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and pray, and we'll, we'll be dismissed. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. I just thank you for this book of Ruth. Lord, help us to pull out uh, the truth in, in the book of Ruth. Help us to pull out the application in the book of Ruth, and may we uh, serve you, Lord, as as a church, as, as individuals in this group, uh, as, that we may serve you no matter what our circumstances, and that we realize that, that everything that comes across our path, you've allowed, and you want to use us. And Lord, I pray that we would be faithful uh, to you and faithful serving you. And we just ask all this today, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. Anybody need any blanks filled up today? What's that? She's got them. Oh, Mark. I missed two of them. Which two? Uh, the very beginning there, down 